Yo, 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 yo. What's up, people? What up, what up? It's time again. Pull up the chair. Join us at the Hip Hop Roundtable. Uh, this is going to be a very, very special, interesting episode. Very uh, special. But before we explain why, this is Landon Hill. To my right, to my direct right, we have... Mr. Drake, I'm, uh, as always, uh, in the in the streets and in the building, trying to save these kids. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready for this uh, very interesting uh, int- intro because normally we're we're done. Like that's it. We we go with Dev, and but there's more. There's more yeah, people there's to, to, more. to 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 my right. right. Introduce yourself, young. Wait, wait, young. Wait, wait, let's, oh. let's do Dev. Oh yeah, we. I'm about to say you're gonna. I couldn't hear. Leave me down here. Now you want to leave me out the intro? Straight going skipped on? over you. <laughs> Young Dev, once again, in the streets, by myself, down here in L.A. still. And, Yo, uh, Dev, this is the second week in a row. He's technically not by himself, and yet, and this is kind of even worse that you claimed you by yourself, which will explain. Um, based, based upon the original host, the O.H., <laughs> the O's. <laughs> Uh, so this is so we're we're going to be doing as y'all probably saw on the uh, notes for the episode. We're gonna be doing a straight out of hip hop review, um, and because or a straight out of hip hop that was my old random blog, <laughs> straight out of Compton review, um, and because straight out of Compton screams family and marriage and so many other things, uh, we are going to have our wives, our significant others, and even our sons or one son uh on the episode as well so let's now go around i'm gonna pass this again to my right and directly next to mylon drake is um it's young drake nah it's uh, mylon drake younger drake uh i'm the son the one he talks about every episode (laughs) yeah that's true Oh yeah, so everybody here he is, <laughs> and the one and only. And I am Carmen Drake, the mother of young Master Drake, <laughs> and the wife of Mylon Drake. I'm Janice Hill, DJ Nice, as uh, okay. my <laughs> sister and cousins know me. Uh, I am your host, uh, Landon Hill's wife. And also the children of, or child of, the Drakes, and the siblings of pretty much everybody else <laughs> that will be on today. Nice. And Dev, why don't you uh, go ahead and, and pass it to? I don't know if she's on your right or your left, but go ahead and pass. Okay, the mic we got over here to my left the beautiful, magnificent. Okay, go ahead. Well, thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction. I am the one and only uh, <laughs> Michaela Clark, Devin's fiance. Soon to be. Um, my my recent uh, stage name is uh, Sunny D for the West Coast version of 106 in Park. You know, that's that's what I go by on occasion. So um, there it is. Yeah, so the, a lot of these nicknames are new, uh, at least for me. I didn't know there were stage names and nicknames and whatnot. Um, and I guess it should also be noted uh, that it is special to have Michaela on here because she actually got a firsthand view uh, of the Straight Outta Compton set, or at least one of the sets or scenes. I did, I did. Um, so we got a little inside knowledge 
uh, <laughs> of of this movie. Um, but I guess let's just jump in. Initial thoughts of the movie, especially based upon your own knowledge um, and understanding of NWA pr- uh, prior to seeing the movie. So anybody could go ahead and uh, jump in. Well, Deb, you could go ahead and start, kick it off. I was wondering, no, I was waiting, I was being patient, (laughs) but as always, um, you know, it's special with me being that uh, my pops was also straight out of Compton, and so uh, in the 90s is when I was born at the same time, so uh, like Milan said, I'm always in diapers, but I was in diapers around this time, for sure, for sure, and and the movie, to, to me kind of brought me back to memories of when I was that young, you know, two, three, four, or five, of like, especially with Dr. Dre with the turntables and stuff like that. So off top, it was just really special to me seeing that this is where, you know, I was, I came from or this is how it was in that time, being that I didn't know that it was. But And then also just seeing the story of how they came about, seeing it with my adult eyes now and ears, it really, uh, it really came full circle with what I, you know, remember it or just kind of being in the moment and just seeing all these different things and now putting it in perspective, being older and seeing it. So I, I like, you know, the, the success stories on each part and the struggles that take part in the industry. And so it just kind of, it kind of wrapped everything around for me. And now it just, now it's just a beautiful present as a movie. So. That's my initial thoughts. We can we gonna dig, dig deeper later. So, and why don't you just go ahead and pass it uh, to Michaela while while y'all are still talking? All right. Um, I didn't have too much of a backstory of NWA prior to the movie. I mean, I knew who the members of the group were, and I knew you know they were from Compton and stuff like that. But the whole idea of Ruthless and uh, Jerry and Ice Cube being the writer of everything and and Dre DJing at the club, getting his start, you know, the whole his whole rebellious nature, all that other stuff. I didn't know them personally as people and and what that meant and their bond and, and the real brotherhood of it all. So I really appreciated getting an, an inside story on what it all meant and, and um what they meant to each other and, and how they just kind of bonded over everything. And um and, and, and even learning the business side of it, I appreciated um the aspect that they showed of Ice Cube and how honest they were with him not making money or not having a contract yet and, and, and Dre's response to that and his response to it and and just the whole situation. It was it was just very much a learning aspect. They were very raw and real with a lot of stuff. Um, of course, everything's not 100% real because they do have to add a little bit more to add to the, the excitement of the film and stuff like that, make it a little bit more hot than it may have really been in real life. But... Um, I thought there was a lot to take away from it. It gave me an idea. I, having lived in L.A. for a few years now, it gave me some perspective on what things may have been like back then and how wrong it is and stuff like that. So it was just it was a great learning opportunity. And I really appreciated a lot of the acting that went down. And I was happy with their choices. So, yeah, that was me. Yeah, well, I have to introduce myself since there's so many people in the building. Um it is, it is Mr. Drake again. I I felt like the movie did an excellent job of uh, capturing a the essence of NWA. I, I think it was more than just about being a 
documentary or film documenting the 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 concept of a group or a particular album that's straight out of Compton to any hip hop head as I, again I was telling son stories you know I was riding in the car with my son today and step into this world came on with KRS One I had to stop I was like yo if you don't know this song if anyone ever claims that they're hip hop head and they're like oh who is KRS One or what is step into this world disregard their hip hop card because they you must know the song and so that's that essence of of hip hop was embodied in NWA. It's not just straight out. When some, when someone says straight out of Compton, the album, you should know, going straight in. Like this is an epic conversation that we're about to have, um, and the movie did did justice in doing that. So I thought it captured the essence. We'll discuss some of the other things it captured as well later on. Um, but it it got my two thumbs up. I I I didn't cry uh, during any scene, um, but I I did come close twice. But you know, other than that, man, it was it was it was, it was dope. It was great. I was glad to uh, see it and experience it with a wife, son, and even my mom, who knew nothing of NWA. Uh, she enjoyed it as well. She's not on the podcast, by the way. Mom's is just not on, on point. Um, this is the younger Drake this time. Um, prior to NWA, prior to Straight Outta Compton, I didn't know too much, but when I saw previews and heard the movie was coming out, and I saw how excited Mr. Drake was. I thought, I mean, I thought to educate myself. So I didn't, so I mean, I didn't know too much like Michaela was saying. I didn't know all the details per se, but I, I think I did pretty good in um, going in there with a little education. But um, from what I saw, I thought the movie was was pretty accurate in, in telling the story that they had. And me and Linda were having a conversation about how they had to, you know, enhance certain part of the movies to for the movie factor so it's more dramatic, more enticing that you want to watch the movie. So I thought, I mean, it was okay because they didn't throw it all the way off. So I thought, you know, when I looked up stuff and I was able to see what they had done, what they had done to the movies to make it more dramatic and interesting, uh, I actually was fine with the changes. So, I mean, the movie was pretty good. I appreciated it. Uh, Carmen Drake speaking. I enjoyed the movie very much. I was very much alive and um, a young person when the CDs uh, came out, when the uh, group became popular, when they created all the um, the uh, media with F the police and all of that. I was front and center for all of that. So. Um, I enjoyed it. I I think that I didn't know everything. Obviously, there was some stuff that watching the movie, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. But overall, I, I enjoyed the movie um, quite a bit. I would say. Yeah, uh, this is Janice. Um, I I too enjoyed the movie. Um, I was a little bit worried because uh, Landon was so excited about it um, that I thought he was going to hype it up too much for me um i mean i i haven't seen him that excited just for anything in in a while so um i uh i went into it expecting for landon to have a good time and for me to be happy that he enjoyed the movie um and i walked out of it kind of feeling like i knew 
more about um about the members of NWA like I feel like I can accurately say like I know more about their life not like that's my homie now but I at least have like you know a general sense of like who they were as people and I thought that the casting was um pretty good I actually felt like there were moments where I felt like I was watching them uh them on screen and not not actors so I know everybody is kind of in a chill mood we we gotta play round robin with the microphone right now so that's why y'all might hear pausing in between all that but yo I love the movie I'm gonna get hype I was <laughs> hyped to see it this was I went to the theater I got my little Raiders fitted we actually Janice and I actually went from a wedding straight to the movie so I had on you know I, I was in like a button up and some dress shoes I had the Raider fitted on ready to go um and I loved the movie. Um I know that people, you know, talk about stuff that was skipped over or whatever. Um but I actually did appreciate that they they actually they sped quote unquote sped through kind of the their tour and their time um during the straight out of Compton uh album kind of push. Right, right. in order to focus on I think in order to focus on the breakup which I actually kind of appreciated because you got a lot more of the dynamic with regards to mm-hmm. what led to that which I think was almost just as impactful as the album itself um, and I don't think you would have gotten as much of that had they focused on you know just what happened at the entire time during the, the Strata Compton album and all the hype around that so I really enjoyed that I thought the uh, like Janice said, I thought that the um, the casting was great. He wasn't in it that long, but whoever played Jimmy Iovine, like I thought they casted him like to the T. Um, yeah, I just I was I was really really excited uh, for the movie, and it lived up to expectations. I can't wait for the DVD because I'm getting it. I think that's the only reason I'm not going to go see it again is because once it's on DVD, I plan on watching it right away. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's my uh, my initial thoughts. Um, I guess now for whoever just wants to jump in, some favorite scenes. What's your favorite scenes? Favorite scenes. Hmm. Did you say the pool scene? No, nah, we, we need you to discuss <laughs> other scenes, B. Other scenes. I mean, that was the scene that my fiance was in. So, but. Now and maybe because this is my producer mind going into it, but it was one of the what first three scenes where they zooming in or panning into Dr. Dre's room and you just see albums everywhere. Then they show his setup with the turntables and I'm like, yo, that's how my dad and uncle had it, like with the whole levels and stuff and the black and white, like I was fooling with all of that stuff. And then um just him just laying on the floor, just pretty much absorbing the music like you can tell like i don't know me being a producer how kanye will sometimes say he he sees waves or you know but you can really feel all the different instruments and stuff and you could just tell that he was just really just like either just basking in his studying just letting him absorb every sound so that he can just think of it and reference it later in different you know beats he was making and stuff like that just really i just had a moment 
right there. So I can already say off top, that was my top scene right there. Well, for for, for me, I, I'll, I'll be brief. And, and it's, it's funny that we're we're actually passing the microphone in an NWA fashion, you know, because there was no one ever rapped over each other in NWA. They like, you know, take turns. But at any rate, my favorite two scenes were one when they were her. Oh, I'm sorry. If you haven't seen the movie, you shouldn't be watching. You shouldn't yeah, be listening. Spoiler to this. Alert. This is, it's not even a spoiler alert. This, oh, yeah, you, this should, will you shouldn't be even be here. If you haven't seen a movie, you shouldn't be sitting around listening to a podcast. You should be going <laughs> to see the movie. Um, but at any rate, one when uh, they were, they, the group were being uh, harassed by the police outside the studio. And then Q went in and was like, yo, this is what I got to say. And then everybody looked at the lyrics. He's like, shh. That's it. We need to. There was no. I don't know, man. That's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of risque. I don't. I don't think they would say risque in Compton, but still, <laughs> no one objected. And then they, of course, made um, "F the Police," which was uh, iconic, of course. And then the second, probably still might be the top favorite scene was after Ice Cube was like, "Yo, so they so they diss me? Like, I mean, they calling me yeah. a traitor? <laughs> okay." And then just the back and forth of of the making of or the them, him making no vaseline the song and then them hearing it and and yeah oh, i really yeah. want to know like was yeller really reacting like that because he was just, his <laughs> reaction was just like no that was that was i mean it's funny dog like he got us like it was really it was that i, I thought how friends would respond to hearing another friend do them like that like i mean he got us, dog. We need to get him back. It wasn't, is, there was no, this is over. Nat, well, I don't know if it was national airways, but think of everybody's hearing this too, yeah. and they were still cool. Like. Yeah, so that was uh, so that was in my two. Uh, so I'm gonna piggyback off of that. I think that my favorite scene was watching Ice Cube, not really him, but his son <laughs> record No Vaseline because. I know it's going to come up eventually, but the whole Drake Meek Mill thing was just so disappointing on so many levels. And so for that to come up after and to see like, this is like, if you're going to diss somebody, like this is how you do it. And like, I just got real hype, like in the movie, listening to that and watching it. I was like, I can't imagine like if Drake or Meek Mill were like that in the studio, like, it was unwarranted. It was unnecessary. Like, you can't be that hype recording what y'all recorded. But, like, Ice Cube, like, decades later, is still giving y'all the blueprint of how to do it if you're going to do it. Um, so I I definitely love that scene. And then, of course, the scene of um, Easy getting in the booth for the first time. was It was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was entertaining and it was just I like that they didn't make it seem like he came into it already knowing what he was doing like he was unsure of himself but you know his boys kind of rallied around and was like you could do it let's do this and he was like all right I guess I put the money down let's try it um and just kind of the way that they show how it like kind of organically came like he planned on being in the background and he ended up being one of the most pivotal members of the group so those are my two favorite scenes. Oh, so we got two now, where I got my okay. All right, mm-hmm. go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go, um, go, go ahead um, now, then, Dad. Oh, go ahead, McKayla. 
Um, I was going to say that one of my favorite scenes had to be the scene where Ice Cube comes in and, and basically just busts up the whole um, music dude's office. I don't even know what his role was, but when he came in there with the bat and just tore the whole office up, <laughs> like really just in a major way, this entire, that film just really connected me with Ice Cube in a way that I like. Like I already really had a love for Ice Cube because, I mean, Janice and I both um, see rem he reminds us of our uncle Mario and it's just like we always felt like like uncle Mario and Ice Cube were like one and the same so Ice Cube was always just like this fake family member we kind of had that was like you are you're always like this uncle but we know like you're not really our uncle but you know that whole thing so I've always just loved him as an actor and, and just you know his music that I knew basically just hits nothing personal or anything outside of that but I was just like I always liked Ice Cube so just kind of seeing his role and everything and, and the way he you know, he responded to how everything acted with NWA and his, you know, how everything went down and how he just got played sometimes, but then it sometimes worked out in his favor where he wasn't trapped in a contract and all that other kind of stuff where he could kind of do his thing, but he still didn't get the money he was supposed to get. And it just, it really was just like, Ice Cube, I feel for you, man. Like, I really just like, in my, I was just there for Ice Cube the entire film. Like, he was really my ride or die. Like, I was there for Dre and Easy and y'all mattered too, but it was just like, me and Ice Cube were just really bonding over this movie right now. So when he went in there and tore up that office, I was like, you were right. Do it, Ice Cube. Like, you, they really played you, man, because you got his word verbally. And I know what it feels like to be let down, dude. Like, you gave me your word. <laughs> and then you turned your back on me and it said it wasn't in your hands. Well, I'm going to tear it up. So I was just, I was like, I really, that part was just like, Ice Cube, and they better not say nothing to you. They been not. So I was just really like right. I was I was his ghetto family member that was rooting for him and ready to bust the office up with him. So yeah, that was me. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll jump in because that was definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, if for I I think I, I know I've said it on the podcast before. Ice Cube was my favorite rapper like all time, hands down. Janice was like, I get it now after she watched the movie. So that scene was was definitely one of them. Uh, also, uh, and I know Jay and I talked about this, so I'm probably about to steal Jay's right now, uh, yeah. or the young Drake, as he has been referenced on this <laughs> uh, <laughs> on this podcast already. Um, but when they were in Detroit, and you know they got the mm -hmm. whole pep talk from mm -hmm. police about what you're not gonna do or whatever, and to step on that stage and still just like we don't care what nobody says, you can't tell us what we're not gonna do. Uh, man, I was just like, I gonna say no, <laughs> and and to do it in Detroit too was like, yo, we finna just because it if it's anywhere Detroit, it could pop off. So it was like, yo, we finna still do this anyway. Uh, so that was definitely another favorite. There was, I mean, there was a lot of them, but um, that was those were two of my of my favorite. Um, it's Young Jay again. So, you know, prior to Straight Outta Compton, I had never heard no Vaseline. And when I say Ice Cube's face when he was, when he figured, when he heard the diss track Benedict Arnold, he was like, oh, so that's how he played. And then the next scene, you got him in the booth. And when you just listen to those lyrics, man, if you've never heard it, you'll just... Janice said it best. Meek Mill and Drake was so disappointing, but that was but that was the first diss I've ever been a part of. Like I was, they were like, "Oh yeah, it was this is before this." Lena was telling me about um, 
Cannabis doing the diss to LL Cool J. I was like, I never, I didn't know. I was like, it's the only one. I was like, I could see the tweets, I could see the memes, all that stuff. So I was like, so, so, I was, so when, so when you heard no Vaseline, it was just like, it just was a whole nother level of disrespect that I'd never heard before. That I was they just like, make yo, <laughs> like. What 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 did where did this go? Like where was Drake? Like why are you singing, dude? I don't care. I don't want to be bodied by a singing. Nick. I want to be bodied. I want to be bodied by the dude who put my name in the rap. I was just that was just I just couldn't. And also, um, with Landon planning out the Detroit film. I mean Detroit scene. I'm sorry. That was that was crazy too. Cause later on, there was the riots and the two. Crips and the Buzz, they were united. I was just like, dude, that's like, like, I asked my dad. I was like, so are they back? Are they good for? Are they good forever? And I was like, because that was like, I had never seen that before. And I was like, he was like, no. But I was like, but that moment right there, that's just as big. That for that moment, that they put their differences aside, like in the in the beginning of the movie, dudes throwing up. Yeah, we Crips, we Crips. Dude, stop the Buzz and gave you a motivational speech with a. Hand, with a gun in his hand like <laughs> it's not a game but i mean it was just it was just like that moment right there i was like man like that's a big that's something real big to you know man up like that and just unite but um said no vaseline man i could talk about that i like the whole movie so let me tell you about the movie no right. but uh no vaseline and yeah i think that was those were probably my favorite too and yeah and i, I will say before the next person goes on their scene like I was talking to my parents about just even how there was gangbangers, but yet they were still respectful to kids. Like, they knew that was like, y'all need to be gangbanging them books. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just the fact that the respect was still there. Nowadays, I mean, we, we can always talk about what happens nowadays, but these people don't have respect. And they pretty much my age, if you think about it, uh, early 20s and stuff like that. And they just... It's not even the same. Even OGs back then, they still looked out for people, even if you was in a different neighborhood of your rival gang. Like, it's just, you, you see that, you know, kind of gangs were created from, to be just kind of like a brotherhood protection thing, and then it just saturated itself all the way to what it is now. You're not, right. you're not, young. you're not in your young 20s. You're mid now. You know, oh, well, you're not with next us. Next year, yeah, next I'm, year. I'm, I'm, I'm early 20s right now. You ain't with us. <laughs> uh, you're, you're absolutely right, uh, Devin. This is Carmen, and I do want to uh, piggyback on what Young Drake said. I think the scene with the Bloods and Crips, where they came together and tied the uh, bandanas together, was a super powerful scene. Super powerful because you don't see something like that happen every day. That was big, and um, to see that on screen and be reminded of that time was um was emotional because uh, of just how big it was so that would definitely have to be uh, one of my favorite scenes as well but i i just enjoyed the whole movie um so it's difficult for me to come up with a favorite scene but if i had to that would be be one of them i think if i were in a uh, relationship with hip-hop and I had to characterize it on Facebook, I would call it, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> because while I did love the movie and do love the movie, um, I can't ignore um, a lot of the, um, what has been said that is true about the movie as well as it relates to 
um, the treatment of women in the movie. And um, though my own daughter did film a scene in that movie, um, I still cannot let that preclude me from speaking on um, the fact that women were largely objectified in the movie. Uh, the only positive female um, folks in the movie was uh, Dre's mother. And I did like how Cube was bringing his wife to the meetings. And, you know, there were a few uh, positives, um, Easy's wife, um, but mostly lots of uh, scantily clad or naked women. And um, no mention whatsoever of the female artists who were um, affiliated with Ruthless Records, um, JJ Fad, um, Yo-Yo, uh, people who um, made significant contributions but weren't mentioned. Um, then the, the physical violence is a whole nother thing. And Dee Barnes came out with an article about how she felt about the fact that she wasn't even mentioned in the movie she didn't want to see herself beat up on screen, she said, but she did think they would at least mention it, um, and they they didn't, so she was disappointed in that, and I think she's right, because if you're going to be um, honest and tell the story, then tell, you know, tell the story, be, be honest. Um, Mylon said something when we were talking about it, he said, our heroes don't have to be perfect. And that's true. You can say, um, I love that, <clears throat> I love that guy or I love that group, uh, despite the fact that, um, they don't do everything right and they've made mistakes because we all do. Um, but I think that would be the one thing that if I had to have a critique of the movie that, um, I, I would have to, to share. And I am actually glad that I did not see my daughter scantily clad on uh, the big screen. Um, though I know she's a budding actress and she, you know, will have lots of parts. Um, as a mother, <clears throat> that's just one of the observations that I had about the movie um, from a female perspective. And I, I think uh, I think it's, it's definitely important to make mention of that. Um, and I think that I guess for a, a couple of different things, one uh, one is to say that there, if there was one critique, it was that, especially with with regards to Dre's history, there was that was not necessarily that wasn't mentioned um, with regards to his physical abuse. Um, towards women i know that he mentioned it in an interview in which he essentially said you know there's a lot of things a lot of rumors that are going around there some of them are not true but some of them are and i think he was referring specifically to d barnes and michelle um, although he didn't necessarily say that um, and then he just kind of went on to say it was stupid i did stupid things when i was younger i would never make those mistakes again um but that was not addressed within the movie which um I mean, which there was a lot of stuff that wasn't, but given how big it is and given the fact that, um, you know, it's pretty public knowledge, but has not necessarily been addressed in a 
major way by Dre. Um, I think it's fair for anybody to call out that critique. Um, I would, though, say that with regards to the portrayal of women within the movie, in this instance, although I don't think that when NWA was doing it or rapping about it, within the context of the movie, that was the most honest representation you could have. And so to not have that in order to try to save face or whatever, I think would do them and everybody a disservice. Um, and so I think, you know, again, I, I try to look at both of those. And so although seeing that and, and them playing a role in that, whatever their roles are, um, I don't think is okay and certainly not condoning, but I also think that, to say, well, we're not going to have it in there because it's an objectification would not then tell, although I don't think the whole story was told and it typically never is in these types of movies, uh, it would take out a major part of it. Um, so I don't know if anybody has anything to add with regards to that. Uh, I do. Um, I, I do already know that the movie was about three and a half hours and they had to already cut it down from there. So there was a, a lot more that they didn't want to add and a lot more they did want to tell. But I mean, movies only go so long um, so they had to cut a lot of major stuff out but I think that the D Barnes aspect was not an important thing that needed to be covered and I agree with the fact that they didn't put that in there I don't think that she was a pivotal moment in NWA's career and that's what this was about if this was a story just talking about Dr. Dre and Ice Cube and Easy es life then by all means let's include all of the things that did encompass their lives um, Michelet and all the other people that were abused as well, those things do need to play a part. But if she wasn't a significant factor in NWA and how they came to be a group, if, if her, if beating her did not result in his leaving the group, starting a new label, whatever, if it wasn't a pivotal moment in the group NWA or Dr. Dre's music career in relation to NWA, it was not a significant factor in the movie. Um, Maybe if they do a Dr. Dre biopic, go ahead. Then your, your your story should be told there in that moment, though it already was. And and it, it was. He did actually admit to Rolling Stone later on that he did do it, and he kind of brushed it off as if it was not much of anything, which is unfortunate, it's an, and I'm sorry that it did have to happen to her. But, um, yeah, I just I don't I don't think it was necessary in that movie at that time to bring up. And, I mean, they didn't go down the list and show all – I think was it easy have like seven or nine kids or something like that. They didn't go through and show each one of his baby mamas and how he got somebody pregnant. He stepped it away. There were just things that could not be included all of the time. So that that was one of the things that I think it's it's okay that it did not get added. But that, that was just important. Yeah, there were there were a lot of things. Um, well, overall, the I, I think what you want to hear. From you know, even though Carmen brought up the fact that we were talking, and I said that um, our heroes don't have to be perfect, um, you do want when an opportunity is given for your heroes to um, to be accountable or hold themselves accountable, if at all possible. Um, I gave an example, and I often do um, use this: Martin Luther King was not a perfect person, right. yet no one. Is going to stop marching or celebrating his, you know, taking days off for his, um, for his birthday and the the national holiday. Well, except for people in Arizona. But other than that, <laughs> um, the the idea is, yeah, he wasn't perfect, and but what he stood for was a perfect idea 
or ideal around we all deserve to be respected and have the same type of rights. So that's that makes sense. Did the man smoke, cheat on his wife? I don't know. And he never had an opportunity to come out and well, I don't say never had an opportunity, but he he did he wasn't doing a a documentary and then left it out. You know, Malcolm Malcolm X uh, was not perfect. Um, even some of our actors, some of our you know our you know my favorite actors is is of all time is Eddie Murphy. Like we need to we can do a podcast on Eddie Murphy all day. Like I got Coming to America, Trading Places, Harlem Nights, you name it. I know the whole movie front and back. Dude is not perfect, but that's my dude. But nobody better not say anything bad about Eddie Murphy. Like that is my dude. But what we have in these moments is uh, going back to even what Carmen said. Is it's 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 good to know. And as I've been talking to, to you know, this has just been a week of critical thinking, conversations about critical thinking, doing your research. Like know whether Dr. Dre says it or not. Dr. Dre's not perfect. Don't watch the movie. Be like, man, Dr. Dre. I want to grow up I'm like, hold on, player. Wait a minute. He's a great producer, but he does beat women. What? Really? Yeah, he's beat several women. Whoa, well, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, you you need to Google something, my, my brother and my sister. Um, for example, that something that was left off was also the fact that Dr. Dre's son was killed or found dead. You know, I mean, they didn't talk about that. You know what I mean? But as Michaela said, that has nothing to do with NWA. Um and I think even some of the scenes around how groups, the group did break up or how folks did come into the picture, uh, it was, you know, it, it there left room for conversation. But at the, sa at the same time, I mean, it was a dope movie. I mean, it was at the end of the day, I, I, I think the only, you know, there's, there's only a few movies you walk out of and you say, that's it. You know, <laughs> like very few. Some of them you're like, ooh, that was good. Good ending. Good ending. Could have gone for a little longer. Could have could have added added a couple of a couple of concert scenes. It was it was one I can't remember what song. Some song came on and I was I was singing the lyrics. I was like, oh, y'all don't even sing the whole. Thing. Oh, this is whack, boo. This movie sucks. Sing the whole song. My wife was like, I can't sing the whole. Song. It's like, all right, I'll let it slide. But um, I, I definitely, in short, I I also um, I just don't. I, I think it was shown, and I don't think I, I I would hope that it wouldn't get lost. That the misogyny, the pool parties, you know, they used to call them the wet and wild NWA pool parties, like not get lost in the fact that that was the group. And something I share with Carmen and I'll be and, and I'll pass the mic is, again, Ice Cube's relevance to the group is when Ice, now they, there was misogyny. There was, you know, I mean, we all said, I mean, we all, there's, <laughs> there's, there's tons of lines I could go to. They were like, man, these cats were out of line. And I was saying that stuff, but not with that. Not but with that being said, when Ice Cube left the group, if any NWA fan, as I as I am, any NWA fan will tell you, when Ice Cube left the group, they went loop to live crew. Like it was just like everything coming out of their mouth was, you know, chick this and sex that, and it's like, yo, what what happened? Y'all used to actually stand for something. Now it's just about being a, a wild group. And when they had Ice Cube, you know, they at least stood for something they were they were tupac as i like to say you know brenda's got a baby and then let me see you toss it up like it's just like wait <laughs> you're the same dude yeah yeah that's you know dear mama and uh i, I can't think of the song you just biggie um hit him up it's like wait i'm confused like you was just talking about your mom now you're talking about killing somebody so uh those are 
are those are the reflection of our heroes. But that's one that's one of the things that as I pass it, that's one of the things that people loved about Tupac. He was open. I ain't perfect. Today I feel like Brenda's got a baby. Tomorrow I feel like talking about making babies. Just whatever. I'm okay with that. And we like, you know, I was thinking that too, Pac. That's why I like you. And um that rarity, I mean, t- the the Tupac spirit is something. I, I think closest to it is like Eminem. Like Eminem is just like, yep, I hate my baby mama and I'll write a song about it. And that's it. That's how I felt that day. And we like, okay, that's really <laughs> interesting. But thank you for sharing and being honest. Yeah, Eminem is uh, is, is very honest. So um, I, I agree that the misogyny, I definitely hope it's not something that got overlooked throughout the movie. Because I think they showed it. They showed it in an entertaining fashion, like, oh, yeah, look at this, I'm entertained, but you need to look at it, and like, they didn't have no book readings or no breakfast, you know, it was not passing out shoes to the community or passing out backpacks, it was parties right. all day, every day. Very interesting. And, uh, Young Dev speaking, um, everybody pretty much hit the tooth on the nail with all the different topics, like and I'll just say... <laughs> Do not, do not hit a tooth on a nail. I just want you. Everybody is always good for two things. One, he already said it earlier. He's, his his age is going to be three or four ages. He's like, yeah, when I was two, three, four, five, or six, nah. and or he'll give you a one liner. So he's done both already. We, we, we thank you, sir. Okay, well, <laughs> everybody pretty much touched on all the topics, but as far as me looking at the different scenes-wise and, you know, what was left out as far as relationships and, you know, other people coming in and collaborations, I definitely felt even towards the end that, oh, I have to remember this is about NWA, not about Ice Cube, because he definitely at the end wanted to see, you know, oh, what happened with Ice Cube and, and West Side Connection and all that, and then... Dre, where they brought in Eminem and 50 Cent and all that stuff, and it was just like, oh, man, I forgot. Like, they would have to have separate movies. So with that being said, like, I really had to look back at the movie like, hmm, okay, everything had to be pertained to, like Michaela was saying, NWA and the group within it. And I, I agree with what everybody says as far as, you know, topics that were sensitive and emotional and things that really mattered when it comes to, you know, our, uh, our social lives and, and, and just humanitarianism, that things were that were that were bad were going on. And maybe it could have been touched on, like you said, maybe an interview could have happened or something with Dr. Dre. And then he could have had his little moments and then got back to the group. But then again, this is a feature film that is on average, maybe 90 minutes and this exceeded that. So, um even then, I'll just say t- certain scenes towards the middle, like when Snoop Dogg even came in, like they didn't even show the song that he really did. They just had him go in the studio and was like, oh, I like this beat good and all that stuff. And then that was about it. And I think when it once it hit towards the middle, they realized that they were run out of time and just kind of sped up everything to the points that really, uh, you know, made the current change within the group instead of having, you know, all the different rappers that came up or that was involved uh you know, <clears throat> in their careers while they were in it. So um, being sped up, I was just like, hmm, it, there could be a lot of things left out, which gave all this room for criticism. But ultimately, I I felt like they did a good job of just hitting on the points that was needed based on the group, especially being at the uh, length of time they had. They probably had like a meeting. It was like, all right, we got to make sure that we hit these few points, even if we go on a tangent somehow. So I appreciate that. And, and shout out to... 
focusing on EZ a lot more, you know, rest in peace and stuff like that because he, uh, it, it could have really went, like I said, it could have went on either person's side, but I feel like they touched on EZE, you know, side of the story more than most of the, um, the members in the group. So that's all for me when it comes to the scenes as far as how they did their timeline. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I was just going to piggyback off what older Drake said with, um, when I was quote unquote educating myself before I saw the movie, I, um, was using Apple Music, which is a great thing. You guys get it. But, um, I was looking at it, I was just, and I was looking at the NWA greatest hits, and I was listening to a lot of the songs. I was like, all right. So I'm listening to a lot of stuff, and then I'm like, I'm seeing, like, I was like, I was noticing Ice Cube was a big part of the songs, and then he dropped out in some of the songs. And then I heard a B is a B, and I was like, what happened to F the Police and Straight Outta Compton? And I was like, and I was like, the music that had changed, and I had to ask him about it. It was just really weird because I, you know, if you didn't know, like I didn't know about the history of NWA, and you just heard the music, and you just heard like the major change, you wouldn't know what the reason for that was. So I was just, so I just thought that was um, a good point to add. And for what Devin was saying about adding, I was, I was, um, I was thinking about the Snoop Dogg thing too because. I one of my favorite Snoop Dogg songs would have to be um, a G, and I was just when they had the when they had Dre trying to figure out the the song on the piano, and mm-hmm. they had Snoop come in. I thought that was like that was like a cool part, seeing how that just oh he just walked in the house, and was like hey let me rap over this like one two like come on now. And I was like okay that was cool. I just uh I just really appreciated that part of the movie too. So so let me ask it, and I guess I'll I'll close just because I know that just like in the movie, there will be people who will listen to this and say we were trying to dismiss the original point that was brought up about the misogyny and women being beat. So I will close with saying, obviously, I think I will speak for all of us when we say we do not condone. Uh, we do wish that it had been addressed because it's something that needed to be addressed um, I believe that the D Barnes thing, all, it was actually so somewhat related because I think the reason that happened was because she interviewed Ice Cube and that was when like, you know, and uh, Dre felt like he was dissing them or D Barnes had dissing them or whatever. So that was still a part of the story. Um, so again, I just want to say all that to say, I think we would have all liked to have seen that address because it's a serious issue and it's more serious than say how Snoop came into the fold or whatever. Um, so I don't want to, you know, kind of equate those. Um. And I just want to add to that. I I appreciate everyone's comments in response to what I said. Um, and I just want to be clear that I was not making a judgment about the fact that it was in the movie because you're right. If that's what was happening, then that is what should be in the movie. I think my... Um, point was more so what I was trying to say is just the fact that it's such a a, a large part of hip hop and in the music and in the culture um, that it had to be in the movie because that's part of that it's complicated relationship with hip hop so yes it did need to be in the movie because it was part of that time um, but it's just unfortunate that that relationship exists between hip hop and misogyny to the extent that it does. Um, and with relationship to what I said bef- about uh, Yo-Yo and JJ Fat and all that, I will say 
they did take the time during the movie those about nwa and easy they took the time to introduce tupac to introduce snoop to enter they mentioned bone thugs and harmony um a lot of the groups that ruthless records was responsible for helping um discover and bring to the table they mentioned them they had them in the movie but they didn't talk about at all michelle they didn't talk about jj fad they didn't talk about yo they didn't talk about any of those folks they didn't just mention them the way they mentioned and can they do everybody no so why not do some men and some women why do all men no women you know because nobody knows now nobody knows who those people are so people were probably more interested in hearing or seeing Snoop and Tupac and hearing about Bone Thugs because to some extent like those people are still played on the radio the the today's consumer is aware of those artists and they're not necessarily aware so perhaps they didn't want to create an educational moment where you're like oh wait <laughs> who is that let me google who this is during the movie it's more appealing for me to see some unknown dude come in and sound exactly like Snoop, and I'm like, yo, that was great casting. I would have no idea if they casted Michelle right. Like, because the, the general population, don't they don't follow her. She certainly has a following, but the people that are following NWA and Straight Outta Compton and that kind of music are following Snoop and Tupac. And everybody here... It's the first of the month, like on the radio at least once a month, you know, so that might have been the decision. Is that is that right? I, I'm not arguing that that's right. Um, I am arguing that it could have been not not a we're not going to mention them because they're women. It might have been we're not going to mention them because nobody under the age of 35 <laughs> remembers them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, you know, I guess that's that's a good point, and that maybe have something to do with the decision making. I kind of felt like Bone Thugs kind of was no more popular than um, Michelle A. I mean, she's on TV now, you know, but yeah, they have to uh, bring her back. <laughs> okay, true, but she but she <laughs> is out there, you know. So I don't, you know, I just wanted to make the point. I'm, I don't want to take up the whole time of the podcast talking about it. And I, I still did love the movie. I still do love NWA. I still do love all the members of NWA. But I just wanted to make the point that um, to love them is, um, I think, how did the director say it on Twitter? Uh, Ava DuVernay, she said something to the effect um to be in love with hip hop is to be in love with your abuser. That was how she put it. So, just thought we needed. That to was at least... that was her quote for this movie. Yes. Oh, when she saw it. Oh, so yeah. So we we will definitely. Uh, I think it's it's good to close on that to say that hip hop in and of itself, as well as all the members of NWA, definitely still have uh, some needs to be taken to task for 
for that for those misogynistic viewpoints. Um, but given, and I think we've already started to touch on that, but given both what we're talking about now in terms of just kind of knowing the history or, you know, being able to call folks out on that or, or discuss those topics. Um, and especially, you know, I, I know y'all have heard now uh, younger Drake uh, talk about beefing on Twitter and memes <laughs> and stuff like that being, <laughs> you know, that was his first beef was seeing that unfold on social media. He, he's 14 years old. So that's the why, that's the reason why uh, he has that experience. But given that and given that his two parents who were sitting at the table chose to to take him to see the movie and i know that there were some other folks on facebook who were debating whether or not to take their children um and i think that's because so much of what the movie dealt with pertains to today and the situations that we see today what were some i guess quote-unquote teachable moments from the movie that stood out for folks with regards to all the things that were happening at that time I will. I will let Mrs. Drake talk about one of the points that she brought up about um, Ice Cube that she found was a, a teaching moment. Uh, I, for myself, I, I did two things. One, um, I, you know, my son is fourteen. He's 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 growing and and maturing. <laughs> um, he's getting ready to start high school. Um, he has his uh, regular fourteen moments. Uh, you know, take out the trash, clean your room, blah, blah, blah. But we're also able to have, you know, we had a conversation earlier this week about resistance and response. Um, that was my initial, that was my first lesson was about how Ice Cube, you know, we talked to him about resistance um, and rebellion pr previously. He's had some things come up and he's just been like, oh, well, you know, that's whack or that's racist or whatever. I'm just going to rebel. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's cool. But it doesn't it doesn't impact you it doesn't positively impact you or your community you haven't done anything by just turning your back to the problem you have to respond and the the lesson for the first lesson that i saw out of the movie was how again how after police came about about you know it was a response to not just police brutality the way that i hear ice cube's voice it wasn't i mean i i I, I gained I always have respect for this dude. I mean, he's always been that's cute. I mean, that's 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 an easy uh, respect to give. But when I heard, if you listen to the song and the way that it, I mean, the way that they portrayed its 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 development, and then after police has never been about. And if you think about it, when you hear it, you you like, oh, I never really tripped, but that's what I heard. You never hear Cube saying after police. Cube is literally the voice of an entire community saying F the police I'm not saying this for me I'm saying this for all of us and when you hear it you're like yeah F the police come. Like that's exactly what I was thinking and it's um, it's done in a fashion where he's not just it's not just hate and going back to my lesson to my, to my son it's not just well they've done something to you respond with rebellion respond with a couple of cuss words it's like no He's actually painting a picture going through exactly what are they abusing me for, of color, abusing me for the way that I dress, abusing me for the fact that I'm in my community. I can't stand outside my house. I live here. This is my, I, he's like, go home. I am home, fool. You know, what I'm saying? like all of those type of things and exposing those things. How do they impact? Yeah, they impacted you. But going back to the album, when, you know, somebody else from Compton or the same director was talking about how 
the whole street was lit up when the, when the album started hitting the airwaves. Like, yeah, this is, you did it for us. You, I mean, this is Compton. The album is straight out of Compton. It could be straight out of making money. Like, nah, dude. Like, this is, and that, and it literally catapulted a whole conversation about how do you respond to what you see, not based upon just, well, I'm not going to go to class because I hate that teacher. Okay, well, that's not responding. That's rebelling. Responding is learning how, you know, as I, I gave the example when I was in English class, you're talking about little women and how I said, I don't like this book. Well, what do you mean? This book is promoting gold digger mentality, race, you know, sex is saying that these women can't take care of themselves. They don't know how to, they can't get jobs. They can't get money. You know, and the teacher was like, uh, it's just a book. No, you want me to read the book. We going to talk about the book. So. It wasn't about me just rebelling and saying, F this class, I'm leaving, I'll show you. It was like, no, I'm going to come to the class and here's my four-page paper on why Little Women is the worst book on earth. Love, Mylon Drake. You know, like, oh, man. So <laughs> that, was, that was my, you know, the first response was um, F the police. And then I knew, because I knew NWA, as Carmen did as well, is why, if this was, honestly, if this was a, if this was a two-live crew movie, I wouldn't have let him go. Because that wasn't all that NWA stood for. They had a high level of misogyny and a high level of profanity. But they also, like, I mean, I have a newfound respect for the album Death Certificate by Ice Cube. Like, if if you have not ever heard this album, it's the, it's the, it's, it's, if you like Kendrick's album, it's like Kendrick's album 20 years earlier and folks wasn't even ready. Like, it was like, mm. folks were ready for Kendrick, but they were not. Death Certificate is just like, he's just saying so many messages in that album um but i will pass it to uh, mrs drake so she can talk about when you were talking about the uh, contract and how ice cube questioned the contract if you you pop no 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 you're here this is why we this is why we brought you this is why you're here it's a family affair. But this is the warning you gave. You don't remember listeners. discussing. <laughs> you said that when. Let Jay, let Jay discuss. I don't know what. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the lesson was for you, about when young I'm Drake. Okay, so I'm a. All right, so because that this, this is one of mine, and then I'll pass for somebody else. But. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I. I mean, I. This, this is part of the reason why I saying say, like Milan was saying. I. I went in knowing knowing a lot of the story of NWA and Ice Cube and so I expected this particular piece to be in there um, and so what I thought was extremely dope was when they show Ice Cube going in to talk to Jerry Heller you know he's been complaining throughout the movie like yo where the contract at like I see y'all eating lobster and steak I'm over here you know I got a little turkey sandwich like what's going on so he goes in huh oh well, okay he had fat burger excuse me okay so uh could have been chicken sandwich at fat burger. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh you know the after I think it was after the the Detroit performance um and they got arrested and so they had a press conference and you know the press asked Ice Cube like yo so what does a you know what does a, a rapper you know a young kid making all this money spend his money on and you know he he plays cordial or whatever he makes a little joke um and then right after that Jerry Heller realizes like yo we gotta pay this dude like it's finna get real so finally you know he goes in ice cube goes in to meet jerry heller and it's all dark he's like what's up with the godfather stuff like what you got like what is this and so jerry heller is like you know i know you've been asking about the contracts like here it is and he was like okay so you know i'm gonna take this to my lawyer and he's like jerry was like nah you like you don't need a lawyer like this is this is it he's like well i mean 
you give this to me. I don't. You know, I don't know none of this stuff. Like, I need to take it to a lawyer. And so Jerry Hill is like, "Look, it's a seventy-five thousand dollar check right here." And Cube's like, "Cool." And then Teggy's like, and Jerry Hill is like, "No, I need you to sign the contract first, and then this is yours." And Cube's like, "I'm not with that." So seventy-five thousand dollars. He's been asking about his money. Poor dude, out of high school, like right. anybody, anybody would have failed. Anybody would have taken Any. that money. Right. Everybody else did. Yeah, everybody right. else was like Trey was cool with his bit he was getting. Yeah, everybody and Cube was like, nah, just on principle, I can't do it. And he walks away from seventy five thousand dollars. And to me, I'm like, I don't know anybody in hip hop right now that I could look at and be like, they would have the insight, have the guts, have whatever it is. To walk away from that much money and not even, you know, and, and not think twice about it, like, uh, nah, $75,000, I don't care what's happening. And to see that and to know that. At his... that time, candy was under a dollar, under 60 cents. <laughs> <and> was... <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of candy. <laughs> now and later, lifetime supply, now and later. Right. But to, to know that he was smart enough to realize this $75,000 probably isn't going to take me far. There's a lot of stuff in here that I don't understand, and they're clearly trying to play me and to walk away from it was huge. And now you can look at where he is now and see he clearly made that $75,000 and more. Um, but for somebody to walk away from that and to have the, the, the guts to do that, I thought was huge. And I think you could take that to anybody and be like, look, it's not always about the money. Like, who knows what that money would have happened with that money? We saw Easy ended up getting played down the line, and he made more money than all of them. And to walk away from that, I thought was huge. So that was that was definitely one of my favorite moments. But I thought a huge, quote unquote, what I'm calling teachable moment. I thought another huge teachable moment was just in the watching of NWA fight for their rights for free speech. I mean, these were some young dudes from the hood who um, didn't ask to be put in the position that they were in. And now all of a sudden they find themselves in a position where they have to fight for, you know, rights that we take for granted every day, just to be able to say what they want to say, sing what they want to sing, rap what they want to rap. And, it's huge to do that when you're in the face of the FBI. You have Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore, uh, going after you. You got, you know, huge, big government um, knowing your name, knowing where you live, creating a file on you, watching everything you do. And to be a young person, 18, 19, 20 years old, and to say, I'm going to stand up to, you know, government, to uh, the FBI, and I'm, I'm going to fight for my rights, you know, and do it in front of, on the world stage, you know, was, was huge. Not everybody could, could do it. And, you know, some folks, yeah, some folks would have said, oh, well, um, this is too hard and walked away, you know, and, did not perform the song and not want to risk getting arrested. Uh, so for them to do that, I think was huge. And it showed that it doesn't matter who you are. 
that you can rise to any challenge and you can um you can make a difference because they did end up ultimately making a difference you know now a lot of the freedoms that uh, artists have now to say what they want to say in their records nwa fought for those freedoms and it ended up it ended up i mean ultimately it did end up trickling down where the agreement was okay so what we gonna do is we gonna let you say what you want to say but we're gonna put a parental advisory sticker on there so um which ice cube will tell you only increases record sales because young people like when the parental <laughs> advisory sticker is on there but you know they kind of did lead the way in that effort because prior to that you know people were uh, being shut down for certain things they were trying to say and they said well we're not going to allow that and um, a difference was made as a result so for me that was really really huge um, I just want to bring up that one of the things that I'm sure everybody saw was the parallel between the um, interactions with police and NW and other people in Compton and what is going on now around the country and one kind of reflection I had was that I feel is a teachable moment is the fact that I actually feel like the police created they created the song after police like you created this problem for yourself you treated these people like this so much to the extent that they felt they had to do something and all of this you know, the songs and, you know, you want to, now you want to turn around and try to shut them down for speaking on something you've done. It's not like they were creating an issue that didn't exist. Out of nowhere, right. Um, the police were, you know, you were doing it. So we, so we told everybody that this is what you're doing. And now, now it's our fault, you know, and, you know, everything that led into the riots, um, and, just kind of how that all kind of played in a lot of the major stuff that happened was because of things that the police were doing and nwa was again responding to stuff that they were doing they weren't out there necessarily trying to create trouble they were responding to issues that they were dealing with that they knew that other people were dealing with um i think they found a creative and legal way to fight back uh, and the government didn't like that, but they 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 were well within their rights to release these songs and perform these songs. The riot even happened in, in well, I don't even want to call it a riot, but what happened in Detroit after they sang, after they performed the song, y'all started this. Y'all came in and told us what we wasn't going to do. If, if you hadn't done that, then there wouldn't have been the whole... Uh, interlude to the song about they said we can't perform this so this is what we gonna do that hyped everybody up even more because you created this rule you said you can't do it so they did it and everybody got hype off of it if you hadn't done that they might have performed it people would have been hyped and they would have moved on to the next song in in the set so um i think showing that nwa wasn't making trouble they were responding to issues that were created by the police um and they were doing it in a legal and i think very creative way um i think it's really important for people to think about 
um, in today's time? How can you legally and creatively respond to um, police brutality or other government oppressions um, that are happening today? Drops the mic. Um, I will. I will um, speak to the question of a teachable moment in the movie. I think that a teachable moment um, was probably with Dr. Dre when he was getting involved with Suge Knight with the beginning of Death Row Records and stuff like that. How he um, he joined in on Death Row Records and he just kind of you know whatever jumped in. It was a good thing. I'm done with NWA. Now with Jerry moving on to a new business venture, it was just, you know, strictly about the music as it looked like it was always for Dre, um, the way they portrayed it in the movie. Um, never really a financial thing, so he didn't care. But when he kind of saw that turn in Suge Knight where that dude pulled into his parking spot and then he kind of just started pistol whipping dude, and you know, on the ground and then throwing the keys. And then that whole moment when, you know, Tupac was supposed to be recording in the studio and everybody was kind of going crazy um, in the other room and stuff like that. And I guess the teachable moment was, you know, being aware of who you are associating yourself with. With Dr. Dre, it was just, it seemed like this was just about the music. And it's like, it didn't matter if I'm doing it with Death Row, if I'm doing it with NWA, if I'm doing it solo, if I'm doing it with Who Shot John Down the Street. I'm just happy to be doing my music and, and, and having fun doing it and making music everybody loves from it. But I think he kind of had to start realizing I need to be aware of who I am associating myself with doing music, um, what that means, what that's a reflection of me. Like he just kind of started being like, this is a business that can easily go left or that can, I can end up losing my life. Something can end up going wrong. He just kind of started to see it's more than just music. It's business and it, it can get deep. So I think that that kind of created a shift. And so that's why he had to end up going on and doing his own thing and kind of just created a way to do music for himself in the way he wanted to do it all along. But I think that had to be a teachable moment for Dr. Dre himself. And then if anybody was able to catch it, kind of just the underlying theme and message of just be aware of who you're associating yourself. I mean, the underlying thing under all with Jerry and Easy E being aware of who you sign in contracts with, who you're deciding to associate with and let handle your money. It's just, be aware of who you are associating yourself with because you can be taken advantage of or, you know, things can go wrong for you. So, um, but anyway, that was to wrap that up. I guess we can move on to the next question. Well, I'll, uh, I'll bring up since I haven't said anything about it, but uh, it'll be real quick. This could, you know, lead into another topic on its own, but another moment to me is when Dr. J was speaking with his mother about getting just a corporate job. And being an artistic person, a lot of people, I feel, go through that battle where it's like, well, dang, should I just hang the hat up and just get an office job, sit behind a desk, or should I really pursue this thing that I have passion about and, you know, try to get some income off of it? Because at the end of the day, it's hard to eat off of, you know, or make it big so that you can eat off of your artistic abilities. And so I just wanted to bring up, like, that was another key moment. And that people could think about that it could relate to, you know, in our lives as we go through it even now in this day and age. Well, Sonny D, you uh, you really took my answer there. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you said it, though, because it was really well put. But, you know, I, I was going to say that, too, but I, I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you beat me to it. And, and I'll say one more thing uh, before Michaela. I think Michaela is going to take us to another uh, another point. But uh, just with regards to 
Um, you know, I know we, we talked about some of the misogyny and all of that, but I think it's also interesting that when you look at their lives, um, of at least most of the artists, I think Yellow has been on some other stuff, but outside of him, you look at their lives, all, all the rest of the members either were by the end of the movie, the timeline of the movie, or perhaps soon after, I don't know when Ren got married. I believe he's married now though. All of these men, had wives, had people that were by their sides, had women that they trusted, that they started families with. Um, and so I think it's also interesting to kind of look at their, um, I don't necessarily know if it's a change in stance towards women, but just the relationships that they were in and how as they grew, as they went through these trials, there were women by their sides that they felt like were holding them down and so even in the midst of all of these things that they were saying about women about not trusting them or whatever their lives and, and the people that they associated themselves with as Michaela was just saying reflected something completely different um, and so I think that's something that and there's a lot that happens a lot within hip-hop right like we look at a lot of artists who are married who have families who um, you know and now maybe all not all of them are in perfect marriages or family situations but Still in all, you look at especially somebody like Cube who's been very open about his kind of his family situation and you see Easy at the end of his life still had a baby on the way, had a wife that was there that held him down who's still involved in a lot of his affairs. Dre who has had a wife for I don't know how many years now and has a family like you look at what they ended up with versus what they their original stances were. Um, I think that's something also to be said. But anyway, go ahead, Michaela. Um, yeah, so transitioning into the next question, uh, um, after seeing the movie, has anyone's feelings changed about hip-hop, you know, positively, negatively? Um, I'll just say personally, it was positively, like I said before, um, just getting that relationship with Ice Cube a little deeper and learning more about NWA and how that worked. I, I don't consider myself to be someone that is well-versed or knows a lot about hip-hop, or what even true hip hop is versus rap, or I, I won't even try to wrap my brain around that right now. Um, but I think just from what my little bit of understanding about what hip hop was, this gave me a little bit more knowledge about what it was. And, and as they brought up earlier, the difference between a true beef, I guess, that, you know, Cube had against NWA versus, you know, like a Drake versus Meek Mill type thing. So I think it did add a little bit more to my feelings of hip-hop so yeah um i like to agree with you michaela because uh i like to agree with you michaela because i thought i mean we kept talking about how they left a few parts out because they were short on time but i mean the movie was like long it was a nice size movie so i think i mean and they didn't even show full parts of everything it was just giving you it was giving you what they felt was enough for you to understand what was going on so i think you know, to have, to have like a legacy like that where you can have a movie or a movie based on you and your group and it'd be long and you leave stuff out and people still think this and think that and you get, you know, like that box office number was like ridiculous in just the first weekend. I just thought that was like, I mean, that just shows the importance. Like we're all saying like what the after police and the reactions and retaliations from stuff that's going on and even from what they sing and just stuff happening in the community I just thought that was just thought that was pretty it's pretty dope I will this is uh, the elder Mr. Drake 
I think I've been referred to as Dusty once before today. Um, yeah. I someone maybe i thought i heard it myself but at any rate um two things uh i was the only disappointment i had about this movie as an epic and sometimes i feel like i'm by myself until i you know post something on facebook but i'm a huge dlc fan huge and they didn't talk about what they really didn't what i thought was interesting for whatever reason, they, they, the the movie, the the producers, what have you, didn't talk about. A lot of folks don't know that Straight Outta Compton was not the first album from N.W.A. or the first record or the first tape. Um, the first one was actually were called N.W.A. and the Posse, and the guy that they, the brother that had the accident. For those who don't know who the Doc is, the one who had the accident and hurt his throat. It's the legendary, the Doc, the D.O.C. Um, it's getting funky enough. It's the, probably the one song that most folks know from him. Uh, he was in the group N.W.A. and the Posse. They had brought him out from um, from Texas, and he was his his name was Doc T at the time, and he performed on a lot of songs during the on the N.W.A. and Posse and the Posse uh, record, and they didn't even discuss that because they were signed to some record company like Macola or something like that, and yeah, Macola Records, and they didn't even discuss that. So yeah, Easy E came through. Yeah, Priority came through. But that first company wasn't, I mean, maybe that was supposed to be the company that was, that, that put the raisins that made them go platinum, I guess. Oh, yeah, that was priority. Yeah. yeah, so it was a company before them that had given this group a, a record. I, I guess, you know what, I don't know how they, they I, I guess they kind of talked about it because whoever was pressing those albums for Easy, I guess that was Macola. I guess that was supposed to be, but that, they, were, they were pressing one song, the it was actually NWA and the Posse had already formed as a group. At any rate, so that was my, my one disappointment. But Landon and Devin, they fell for it. I, I queued up this question just so I could say hip-hop is still dead. So <laughs> they, 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 you know, they fell for it. And they just like, yeah, we should ask that question. Nobody's like, no, nah, I don't know if that's a, it's a trick question. But, yeah. Uh, I was thinking, hey, I was over here reading it like, hold on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, it it just it just brings home the point that hip hop is not like that any longer. Uh, you can't even make a diss track. Um, half of what <laughs> No Vaseline was. So, it, you know, in short, you know, it, it helped me to recognize that hip hop is not hip hop any longer. Um, I do miss it, and look forward to a, a movie uh, coming out. That will help me to remember the days of past. But yes, thank you for uh, thank you for bringing that question forward, Michaela, and uh, continue my streak of 100 <laughs> podcasts in a row of ensuring that hip hop is dead. Th thank you. Yeah. I haven't seen you we picking on. Right I haven't now. heard you picking on anybody tonight, though. Normally, you <laughs> pick one person to pick on, and if you find somebody on the movie review, then that's a straight up skill. Because I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i don't know i mean i i don't i i unless anybody has any closing thoughts i will just say um i mean and again i i know that they didn't they didn't put everything in there there wasn't a whole lot about easy e's rise they kind of skipped over that there wasn't a whole lot um about like dr dre with the world-class wrecking crew like i don't even think they made mention of that like there was a lot of stuff that Again, was kind of skipped over. 
Well, uh, yeah, may, um, yeah, but they did, it wasn't even that you could have. If you don't know the story, you would think he was just doing that on his own. So I mean, there was there was some yeah, there was a lot of stuff that like wasn't in there. Again, the movie was two and a half hours, and they skipped a whole lot of stuff. And I don't necessarily say that in a bad way, um, but there's just there's so much more to that story. So if you don't know it, uh, I think there's a lot of people seven part series. Yeah, I mean, it, it really could be. So if you don't know the story, and I think there's a lot of people who have gone to this movie not really knowing the story, I would say, of course, as as the younger Drake has said, do your homework, do your research, um, because there's a lot more to it. Um, and I think it will help you to appreciate a lot the movie a lot more um, if you know it. Um, but I also... I did, uh, I gained, all those, this sounds kind of funny, I gained a lot more appreciation for Dre, too, because people always talk about how Easy e is kind of the mastermind behind the group, and you see how he was with regards to, we're all going to wear black, like, we're doing this because we're a super group, and saying that before anybody even knew who they were, and just showing them how to move, and having the business acumen once he decided to go in, but it was really Dre who was like... Assuming all of this is correct, the way they presented it in the movie, it was really Dre who was like, yo, use what you got here on the streets and put it into the music business. And like, I've never heard the story told that way. So it was interesting for me to see how Dre really pushed Easy, who I believe was, is, was older, to be like, yo, like, this street stuff ain't gonna last. I got the music, we got the artists, like, make it happen and pushed him to be an artist, pushed him to kind of take the next step and move into legitimate business essentially um so that was something that i definitely learned and took away too was dre um although although easy kind of was the mastermind behind the group in and of itself and how they presented themselves dre was the one that really got the the ball rolling Um, yeah i was gonna say even dre just realizing you know oh maybe we should we we should pounce on this reality rap deal yeah. and then he was and then he got to the point where he was like yo easy just say it how you say it in the streets when you talking to us and you coming up to the porch and you're like yo i was cruising in my sixth boat like just have the swag and that you do in real life so people hear it they feel it and they know it especially the people that quote unquote they, they're i won't say were appealing to but it was for the people the, the gangbangers themselves like you know the people who are living those lives and can relate to him like yo that's what we do and, you know, Easy was amongst that, even though he wasn't, like, all the way. He was more, you know, on the hustling side. But when you hear Easy's voice on there, like, people who were in that life knew, like, that's that's what it is. Like, the lifestyle, the way we sound, the way we look, the way we walk, and all you And like we said, and Dre realized that and was able to bring Easy out of his shell so that it could be portrayed, you know. So. Yeah. So, any, uh... I mean, any other thoughts y'all want to throw out there? Any other questions? They better give Ice Cube his money or somebody. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> he, he, he was a big part of this movie. Like he he needs his old. money. Yeah, I feel like Ice Cube is there. He's probably like, man, I still got about 200k that I still have it. You know what I mean? Just, I know my net right now. If you look me up, but just add 200k on that right now. Still, still. <laughs> um, so I. What I learned from this movie, I so I'm slightly ashamed because of uh, who my husband is and who my stepfather is. Um, that growing up listening to 
on my favorite music. I did not realize how much stuff was borrowed from past songs. Mm. Um, I know most of the lyrics to, is it We Want Easy? Is that the name of the song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Bow Wow, Bow wow remade it. <laughs> Um, wow, we know. We know, I know, like it's like the collective, like palm to the forehead, you know, like I get, but that was my teenage self. Like, I heard, um, I don't even remember which album that was, it doesn't matter anymore. Back. Uh, probably, yep, that sounds about right. Um, and I just remember hearing that and being like, oh, this is nice. Like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, learning all the, I mean, I knew all the words to the entire, to that entire album. So it's not <laughs> like that song particularly stood out. But I remember the, um, the shock and the betrayal that I felt <laughs> when, <laughs> when, well, I, it, I made this realization before but it just the movie brought it back up that that was not Bow Wow's like by any stretch of the imagination he didn't even try to like change it up enough he just PG-13 it and (laughs) and put a W in front of Easy's name like that's not it was really disappointing you could probably blame Jermaine Dupree yeah I mean it it probably (laughs) is Jermaine Dupree's fault but but Snoop was also a heavy influence in Bow Wow at that That's time. Very good. And yeah. Snoop was there. Snoop was around. He knew about that song. He and knew Snoop. This was coming. He but Snoop allowed it to happen too. Now, I'm not saying it's Snoop's <laughs> fault. I'm not at all. But I'm just saying, movie, this movie, as well as any other movie, or even just, you know, being around people with a real appreciation for, you know, old school hip hop I, I always I have these light bulb moments where I hear these lyrics and I'm like oh oh no I really thought that this new generation person was actually like original, original and, <laughs> and they weren't and it's and it's devastating and now I, I had already lost most of my respect <laughs> for Bow Wow but that just kind of like solidified <laughs> it you know like because that part of the album wasn't even necessary. Like, you could have not even played that. It wasn't even a single. Like, it was, like, almost like filler on the album. And I just, you know, that that's just what, that was one of the things that I, that I learned. You know, I learned it before, but it just brought that back up for me. And now I think I'm a little more... Um, I'm a little more aware of that and a little more critical of that when I hear new songs because every now and then I hear, um, I don't know, Drake drop a biggie line in his music and people think, oh, Drake is so clever. And it's like he, but that was written like 20 years ago. Um, and I guess because Biggie's not alive anymore, you feel like you can take it? Like, I don't, it, I just... You're going back. That's okay. what I learned. We, so, we, we just had an episode about that. I, wasn't, I don't believe I was invited yeah. to the last episode. So, so Don't feel bad. Your brother is going through the same thing, being that he's only 14 and that he's... half my age, though. <laughs> but he's discovering every time he likes a song, 
and then he gets in the car with me and I turn my music on and he's like, wait, this is, this is the original. Um, <laughs> this, you mean to say so-and-so didn't make this up? Yeah, this is, this is the original. So he's, he's unfortunately having to learn the same lesson a little earlier than well, you, but he's, would, ex he's still experiencing the same disappointment. <laughs> I will say to a point, I mean, not as drastic as Bow Wow and others did it, but even Dr. Dre himself was, don't, you know, don't come for me, Devin. snippets and sampling, <laughs> sampling older music. Like it's, it's, it's a trend in music for people to, um, kind of get influence. I'll call it. I'll be nice. Get influence from an older genre yeah, or just like, an older time. But you, you can know, do it music. though in a way like the way old Kanye used to do it. Like, you didn't, People you didn't still know. Argue he that's switched the same, it up though, enough. You know? I'm saying he switched it up enough. Like Bow Wow literally yeah. like it is <laughs> the same song. Like he Robin Thicke and Pharrell'd a Marvin Gaye song. Like he completely just took the whole thing. It was even worse because at least Robin Thicke and Pharrell changed the lyrics. He right. didn't even change the lyrics. It's just I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to on the way home, babe. I'm going to play you back to back a Slick Rick song and then the Snoop Dogg song, and I'm going to see if you feel the same way. That you, I'm not defending Bow Wow. I'm not defending Bow Wow by any means. I'm just saying I want to see if your response is the same because it's Wow Wow. Only just to Devin's point, this this stuff happens in hip hop from time to time. Uh, but yeah, anyway. I don't think anybody's anti-sample. We know anti-sample. No, it's, it's not a sample. But this, this is about completely replicating. Yes. Okay. Snoop so just to be clear, Snoop. that's what we're talking about. We're not, because Devin brought up, you know, that's this is what they do. We're not talking about sampling. We're not talking about paying homage. No. We're talking about straight up theft. <laughs> yeah. So after, make sure after you play the Snoop song, just play a bunch of Jay Z, just like a bunch of it. <laughs> but, no, 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 just as much as possible. Yeah, full circle. Just a bunch of Jay Z, just so we, just so we know. Just tell me what artist. We're not gonna say the artist. Just tell me what artist you hear. Yeah. When you when you hear this, who do you think you? Wait, I thought I heard someone else say that. Um, and just for the record, just so you don't go. That, that sampled Bootsy Collins. We want Bootsy so that you're not fully. If you in case somebody throws a boot, like for when will it stop, people? It, I don't want you to get. You know, I don't want your mind to be blown if you happen to listen to a Bootsy Collins song. Like two genres, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's still very much the same, it except. The same. There was one degree of separation. Yeah, it was like last year, and then. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, I, I don't. I, I know Landon. Uh, it's gonna officially close us out. I, I want to get the. Uh, I want to thank everybody first. First and foremost, we, we usually look up and, and see that we've been on here for like four hours, and we're like, "Oh snap!" Um, <laughs> give everybody opportunity to give their parting shots. My parting shot is just gonna be simply thank you all for stepping up um, to the plate and participating. Uh, I was glad. To to again to see the movie uh, with my son, my 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 wife, and my mom, uh, several different gener generations there, and uh, I recognized I will as I said then uh, the first tape that my mom ever threw away the only tape she only caught one time of music that I shouldn't have been listening to at the time uh, was Easy E Easy Does It um, 
<laughs> no, the, the the song was No More Questions, and I was memorizing it. I, it, it, just, it doesn't say No More Questions. It says No More Question Mark Apostrophe S. Yes, that's the name of the song. Um, <laughs> but yes, and uh, I realized then how much this, and that's I think that's when I got kind of emotional watching the movie. It's like these guys really are a part of my life like that i listened to that song at such a repetitive level that i was like man this is how this song got made and this is what they did to to get there and what have you so it was a it was a it, the movie itself was dope i'll probably see it again um i saw it with a what it was a I, I felt like i was in east oakland but i was really in emeryville so i had an east oakland feel to it which was cool uh, but uh, I wanted to see it again just in case I missed anything. So my parting shot is thank you all for coming. The movie is dope. Greatest hands down. I, I have to. I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of hesitant to say the greatest hip hop movie ever. Crush Groove still. Crush Groove and Breaking One is still like, I don't know. I'm not. I just, I, I can't, I can't really, I can't really, I'm not really ready. Just for the age limit, I can't really, I can't, I'm not ready to say that any movie's better than Breaking. Uh, Turbo and Ozone live on forever, um, for the record. But yeah, so uh, th- thank you all, and uh, that's my parting shot. See y'all on the next one. I mean, you could say it's the best movie rap movie of its time then you can give it that but i just want to just devin i know i know i was sort of like okay okay dre when he was doing the um i can't think of the song but he was it was like it's time yeah yeah he was mixing it's time like i was like okay i was like he's just he's just in the room playing around i just thought that was cool but um yeah I'm, i'm signing off i don't I don't got no I don't got no phrase yet, but I'm signing off. Um, I guess for my closing, I'm just going to say shout out to the casting director. Um whoever you are, I'm sure I could IMDB you. I think you killed it. F. Gary Gray, I believe. He's okay. just a director. I don't no, know that no, he no. cast I don't know if he no, cast. No, the it. casting director. <laughs> The casting director, <laughs> you you killed it from from putting my sister in the movie to picking the people to be in NWA. Like I know that that was Ice Cube's son, but he earned that. Um, Man, he he, he knows how to play his father. Like I, whoever you are, I know that that I'm not in in the industry, but for what is worth casting director if you hear this on one of your low days just know are we on a low day that a girl <laughs> that, a, that a girl who is now a woman out of the bay area appreciates the time and effort that you put into casting this movie and i think you did an amazing job minus that racist little casting call for all the women that were supposed to be in the movie but that's neither here nor there <laughs> I'm gonna assume you didn't do that, and that that wasn't that was an intern or a volunteer who who posted something without your approval. I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt. That's cool, Michaela. Go ahead. Oh, is Mrs. Drake not available for her? I thought I was waiting on her. She 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 gonna go after you. Oh, okay. Um, 
Well, Janice what, what are you doing? Signing autographs? What are you, what are you doing? What's that, Mr. Dirk? What are you doing? Signing autographs? What are you doing? I'm sorry. I'm with the fan right now. Just, just give, me, give me three minutes. I'm with the fan. Jeez. <laughs> I was I was anticipating Mrs. Drake's response before mine, so I thought I had a, a second of time because Janice took my uh, what I wanted, so I thought I had a little buffer time to uh, to uh, give a parting. Um, Sorry about that, Michaela. It's just it's so much that I want to say. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to narrow it down to one parting uh comment so we thought we could pass it to you and give me a little bit more time to think <laughs> didn't mean I'll to put you on the spot like that i, I mean um, i'll bust some time if you need to oh it sounds like you're gonna be long let's not do that <laughs> no no, no. I, I keep it nice and short because i'm looking at the time now and, and i know our viewers is, is plummeted by the <laughs> but but just some closing remarks from our, our viewers are, 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 are hit they're, they're hitting their teeth on nails right now they're just <laughs> they don't know what to do <laughs> but for me the movie again being that uh the background that i have with the movie i've already seen it twice i plan on getting some sort of limited edition dvd blu-ray combo they might even put on VHS for the people who still got it. Yikes. Just I need every bit of it, you know, because, uh, man, and like I said, I just wish it was more part. It just felt like they could Star Wars this thing, you know. Um, <laughs> part 7 should yeah. be coming in 2035, so be aware. Yikes. But, uh, man, this it's just good. It's just good to finally, like I, like I was telling my parents, one of the main things is that, with with our uh, people, our culture, it's so beautiful just to tell our story and how it can be such an amazing what movie, album, regardless. Like, you know, just, just us telling our story and reflecting what, what we've been through in our lives can just be such an impelling or compelling story. You know what I mean? A compelling uh, thing that you can put into some sort of money making thing and gain a lot from it like that's that that says a lot about our culture and, and and what we've been through and what we've overcome and how creative we are so that ultimately if i want to put a foundation on how i felt about it it's just like this is another one of those things that we can just paint the picture of what we went through and look at what it does so that is my closing and uh we can move on uh i think i have something now um i think i want to say Shout out Paul Giamatti from Big Fat Liar when I first met you and saw you on the screen and who you were to just you you went from Big Fat Liar, which is a total left from where you're going now. You're definitely going a much more serious route now. And you're just I never thought you were going to be someone that definitely your your acting took it to that level. So I definitely shout out from um Frankie Munez to <laughs> To NWA movies, you are definitely working your way up. So, all right, and uh, this is Carmen. I just, I guess, as parting words, I just want to say that I enjoyed the movie. Um, shout out to F. Gary Gray for continuing to bring our stories to the big screen. Shout out to everybody who went out and supported the movie in the first weekend, and who continues to go and see the movie and um <clears throat> and it's helping it to have the success that it is enjoying and doing so without any violence whatsoever and f the media for highlighting 
the fact that there was no violence as if that we don't know what happened that's it's so unexpected even though we're not the ones that are shooting up theaters but anyway um uh and thank you all for um allowing us to be a part of your podcast and sharing the mic with us tonight um i uh, appreciate that and um hope that we did you all proud uh, so I guess I'll wrap us by saying first I want to shout out Jay, Little Mylon, Younger Drake, whatever he's gonna go by for being able to sit <laughs> at this table, uh, for doing his homework before he went to go see the movie, for being able to contribute to this conversation. Uh, I think that is really big. Um, so yeah, I'll send that to you. Um, and then I'll just simply say shout out to, or I guess two more. Shout out to, uh, I don't know his name. I'm terrible with actors' names, but the dude that played Easy E, um, especially that yeah. final scene when he's in the hospital bed. Yo, it was awesome. So, shout out to him. I mean, the whole cast, Janice already said it, but uh, I think the casting was great. Um, but I think, you know, when we talk about all of the scenes, I think that's a really big one. So, Shout out to him. And then just shout out to NWA for inspiring this movie, inspiring uh, so many folks to speak out, to have a voice. Um, and I think for contributing to the love that we all have for hip hop. Um, yeah. And, and for such a for only one major album to hit when all of them were together. Um, I think it's a huge impact after one album so shout out to nwa for that um and uh thank you again family for uh for doing this with us uh, it was fun so all right y'all we are out we'll be back next week with another one yeah well holla peace peace